if you can rush right over to the Pelicans game. Okay. Way. You're the Bernie Sanders running down the escalator. (laughs) Gift. You're on your way. Gotta go check out Zion. (laughs) Um, It's probably not fair. I'm picking on a child, but he went to Duke. Okay, he made his decisions, and he slept on the bench twice, two times. I mean, I did switch over to the Pelicans game, but (laughs) shut up. You're like, I'm not going to watch that while you're actively using the remote. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Okay. (laughs) Well, let me find my remote. I'm just too nosy for my own good. You are now listening to Babes in Ballland. Shall we talk about Thunders? Yeah, Thunders at Rockets. Thunders. Thunders at. Yeah, this game got really weird on Monday. I'm kind of going to start it with something that I read about Carmelo, Chris Paul, and Dwight Howard, a.k.a. Larry the Cucumber, silencing the critics with their vintage performances. And Chris Paul had another banging game, 27 points in the first half. And they said that a Thunder fan was yelling at him in the fourth, or no, that he was yelling at Billy in the fourth quarter to put Chris Paul back in. And they said that Paul asked, do you not see the score? Indicating he thought that the babies were doing fine. Aww. Which I like. So. Also, don't yell at Chris Paul from the stands. (laughs) The game was weird from jump. Nerlens was a late scratch with left ankle soreness. So that was already throwing things off. And then literally not even two minutes into the game, Clint Capella literally tackled Steven Adams and he had to go to the locker room and did not return. So the Thunder didn't have like a true big man. We had Moose. But when Moose went to the bench, things got super weird. Did they issue Capella a flagrant for that? I kind of missed most of the first quarter. It was flagrant one. Mm-hmm. So then they made Steven come back out of the locker room and shoot the free throws. Because if he didn't shoot the free throws, he would have been ruled out of the game. And so, he missed. <laughs> yeah, he came in, shot the free throws, and then kind of jogged to the locker room, which was more than we got whenever he initially left. So even though it was literally a full body slam, they're saying it's just left ankle. And I know he was at practice today. So we'll see. But it looked bad. The Houston coach was quoted as saying, when it rains, it pours and it's pouring. And I really can appreciate that because I feel like it's a little thunder-esque because we rained all over them. Yeah, luckily... When Steven went out, Clint Capella got into foul trouble. So he's there, I would say, really only big man. So it did kind of end up balancing out. But the whole game just got weird for me. And people were playing out of position. 
Um, Lou Dort also got his first career start, so that was fun. I thought Shea had an off night, though. He did. He had that really nice steal at the end of the game with the dunk when he stole the ball from Harden. I was like, okay, that's fine. We can end the game right there. (laughs) But then Gallo had 25 points. He's always just like a solid show-upper. I saw something uh, on Twitter, five reasons why the Thunder need to trade Gallo now. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Please hold on. (laughs) Because we really need those uh, 25 points that he brings to the table every night. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty much a guaranteed 20. And honestly, if Chris Paul would not have played the way that he did in the second quarter, he had 20 of his 27 first half points in the second quarter. If he would not have played as well as he did, the lead would have been much bigger than it was at halftime. It was 64 to 57 Rockets. So I think things would have super gotten out of hand if he would not have been playing as well as he was. Yeah, we needed that opening. If the lead would have gotten, like you said, if the lead would have gotten any higher, it would have gotten out of hand, especially since he didn't have the best third quarter. Yeah. And then luckily Clint Capella got his fifth foul with like 10 minutes left in the third. So when he went on the bench, we could take out Moose and rest him. So I was also a little bit frustrated because they kept calling fouls on Muscala whenever Harden was driving. And I'm like, Mm. he's not even touching him. And, like, that's literally our only big man. So I was getting pretty frustrated there. One of the announcers said, I try not to normally talk bad about officiating. He was like, but you can't even breathe in Harden's direction. And they're calling it. No, like, literally – any time he was in the lane, it was a foul. And then if SGA was driving, he could literally get bumped eight times. And, and then be like, matter. no, it's clean. So that was super frustrating to watch. Dennis Schroeder. Oh, sorry, you go. No, I was about to talk about Dennis. I was oh, gonna say, Dennis. Dennis. I was going to say. He came through in the second yeah. half. If Chris Paul was hot in the first half, Dennis was hot in the second. 17 of his 23 points were after halftime, which I'm proud of him because we needed that consistency in the second half. Yeah, and then there was even a little stretch, I think in the fourth, where Gallo looked pretty good and he was scoring consistently. So we did get that help when we needed it. Even though, like, the game was all still off, there was a large portion of time where Deontay Burden was playing center for the Thunder. So that got a little weird. I think they said he's, what, 6'5", maybe? Mm-hmm. And I you can appreciate that, the effort, but it just think, looked a little discombobulated. I think that overall, it it worked. It's not always going to work. I think that Dort no. had a really good start, and we're not always going to be able to – pull that out of our hats I think we have to be grateful that Harden wasn't having a good night he wasn't having a good night but I also think Dort super frustrated Harden which I love he had I feel like that Dort was a really key piece to keeping Harden frustrated yes 
when he finally so, got that charge, I was like, yes. Yeah. And it's just like he scores. He's up defensively. Can you imagine someone being like, okay, go guard James Harden. It's your first career start. Get in there. And at a point where every game counts. Yeah. We're getting to that point in the season. And I really liked at the end of the game when Dort was on Harden and Dennis was on Westbrook. I feel like they were frustrating them defensively. And I had said before I liked when they came in together in the previous game. So I just really like that pairing. And it's kind of weird, yeah, that we've talked about the whole game, and that was the first time we had mentioned Russ. But he had a really solid game. The Rockets cannot blame any of their woes on Russell because his scoring average has done nothing but gone up, and he had 32 points and 12 assists. And that makes me happy for Russ because I don't want him getting any of the blame. I don't know. I just feel like the Rocket fans don't even like him. I know. They and don't appreciate him <laughs> the way that we do. I feel and like that the we're, way... we're happier for him than they are. Yeah, and the way James Harden was playing towards the end of the game, I was almost embarrassed for him. I was definitely secondhand embarrassed for James Harden. He was playing so selfishly, which makes me mad because that's what everybody always used to accuse Russ of doing. But James Harden was just being so blatantly selfish. I'm like, is he ever going to pass the ball to anyone? Or is this just like a personal tour for him to try to do this by himself? Which made it even more desperate because Chris Paul was freaking elated at the end of that game. He was so blessed. Yeah, he came running up to Dennis in his interview and it was cute. Yeah. Uh, James Harden did not look good. One for 17 on threes. That's rough stuff. One of 17, yeah. So it was weird, but it worked. They did come back and win 112 to 107. Um, The Rockets' largest Maybe lead like was 17, 15. 15, yeah. I think it was 15. But yeah, Magic on Wednesday and Hawks on Friday. Do you want to do your Mr. Thunder first? I do. My Mr. Thunder this time goes to Darius when Harden was frustrated about that foul call. And then he shoved Darius after the foul was called. And Darius just wasn't trying to hear any of that mess. And he was not backing down to Harden and Cephalosha. And he was like, no. You're not going to push me around like that just because I'm a baby. I did and like that. I do, too. I, I did. I like that. So Darius gets my Mr. Thunder. Well, I'm going to pick Dennis. Oh, Dennis. He was three of seven for threes. He had five rebounds, four assists. He ended with 23 points. And he had a lot of key shots in that rally towards the end. So he wanted the ball. You could tell he wanted the ball, but he wasn't forcing anything either. And I just feel like he looked really good. Dennis was my alternate and specifically for that mid-range jumper over Harden's head with 30 seconds left. Yes. That was 
excellent. It was such a good play. So I'll give out my perk thanks to your cupcake award first. And I kind of toyed around to giving it to Clint Capella for tackling Steven or James Harden for his atrocious night. But then I was like, you know, there was this one portion of the game where I had mentioned Clint Capella went to the bench in foul trouble. So the Thunder took Moose out to rest him. And in that small portion of time in the third, they had Gallo posting up. And when he was posting up, I was like, you know what? I'm calling the police because this is <laughs> not a good look. Like, I love him shooting jumpers, shooting threes. But when he was our sole big man, I was so incredibly frustrated. And he was, too. It was visible. But I was mm-hmm. like, this ain't it. So it has nothing to do with his night. He was four of eight for threes, 13 rebounds, 25 points. He had, you know, a lot of key makes towards the end of the game as well but honey that section when they were trying to post him up that was not that wasn't it (laughs) and that's I mean it it was uncomfortable for me to watch I'm like all right we got to do something else something different make some adjustments yes please my cupcake award definitely goes to James James Harden for being a selfish teammate And then what I'm even more frustrated about, and this isn't even technically his fault, but he's going to get the blame for it. He stayed out to practice his shot after the game, and it took away all the attention from the Thunder. The Thunder should have been getting all the attention for this game. They're still not getting the attention that they deserve for being where we are supposed to be in a rebuilding year, but Hey, we're in a playoff spot, but all anybody wanted to talk about was how James stayed late to work on his shot. Instead of talking about the thunder having a solid road win. Also a solid road win when a lot of players were playing out of their position. And I don't feel like that was talked about enough either. Who were, I can't remember who they were interviewing. I should have written it down where they were. He was like, well, we had like eight injuries. And I'm like, yes, sir. I think it was Dennis. Was it Dennis in his yeah. post-game interview? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> he was like, and we still made it enough. And they, the media just could not give them the attention. We had to focus on James working on his shot. I saw somebody on Twitter repost that video and be like, look, he's where he likes to be by himself. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that okay. was not a good look, James. Which is hard for me to say. I have stood up for James Harden, like, even when he didn't deserve it, when he wasn't playing good ball, even when he fizzled out in – the championship games in 2000 when was that 2012 um, against Miami Heat all through all that criticism and even when people were like Harden and Russ can't play together and I'm like yes they can it's gonna be perfect same 
but now I'm understanding. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to walk it back. I just keep watching the video of Clint Capella tackling Steven. I feel really bad. And then they're just like, yeah, it's an ankle injury. I'm like, what about his hip, though? Because that's where he landed. Did you hear? Okay, did you watch the video of the Rockets broadcast? And they definitely tried to say that... Steven Adams set himself up for that and they said that he like was trying to uppercut Capella and I was like excuse me sirs it was such bullshit no I didn't hear that but I've never once saw that when I watched it yeah the Rockets announcers take is a whole different world and I cannot disagree anything he he said he deserved it at the end he was like well steven set himself up for that and i'm like excuse me for what for a full body slam because i don't guess so i guess that's what happens when you exist are we going to talk about the chris paul article about opting out oh i don't know it may be a little bit fresh for you (laughs) I definitely feel like they worded the title, obviously, to get people's attention. Yes. I immediately had a negative take on it because the title was Chris Paul on opting out, no chance. And then it went on to talk about how he won't take a discount on that $44 million that's owed to him just to jump on a team that's a championship contender. So I feel like... I initially took it very negative, but I am glad that I read the full article. It did kind of, like, pick and choose what it wanted to let you get fired up about. I wasn't super triggered by it. I feel like he feels like he deserves to get paid, especially after, you know, there's the always the discussion, well, we told – Chris Paul's people there was a slim chance he was going to Oklahoma City and then Chris Paul was like no actually they told me that there wasn't a chance that they wouldn't do that to me because I elected to come here from LA right so I mean I'm not surprised hearing that like it was hurtful for him to be like yeah I said I didn't want to come to Oklahoma City but I also don't think that He's, like, held on to that, I guess. He's not taking it out on us, which was something that I was worried about because there was all – we were coming off of all of that negative talk about Chris Paul versus James Harden, even though they said nothing was wrong. Something was clearly wrong. There was some some scuffles there. And I know that Chris Paul got hurt at the end of the Rockets-Warriors series, and that was stressful. But – Something was something was wrong there, whether it's private or not. And at least he hasn't taken it out on us because I do really feel like that he is invested in this season with us. And if it's just for this season, then I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, my favorite quote was whenever he said, I don't know how to do half in, half out. So I liked that. And then did you see Baisley's post? No, I think it was on Instagram. So I think one of Baisley's friends had a picture of Chris Paul and Darius together. And he had made a comment about how his best friend was 
learning from the best and then Baisley said yeah pretty much I am so I mean that's also something to be considered that article talked about how big of a role Chris has played with Baisley and SGA and he even helped fly Baisley's mom to that first Utah Jazz game so there was just like a lot more in there than you would expect for somebody that could potentially just be making a pit stop right we're finally to that stretch of games that won't seem as daunting yeah but I don't want them to feel that way (laughs) because we need to win them (laughs) well yes we need to win them (laughs) but it's not like Rockets Lakers 76ers like that that one stretch was brutal that was really difficult yeah a lot going on So on Wednesday, the Thunder played in Orlando. It was pretty touch and go. So I do feel like the first quarter was really good. Nader was still out with an ankle injury. Steven is listed day to day, so he did not play. T Ferg is still out with an illness. And very sick. Yeah, I'm like, he has to have the flu. This is what, three, four games maybe? Mm-hmm. And then Nerlens was in, so he did start for Steven, and Dort got his second start since T. Ferg is out. Yeah, I thought the first quarter was pretty balanced. They were shooting 55% from the floor, and the scoring was pretty even as well. They had seven different players score in the first quarter, and we had... A pretty Chris Paul Nerlens alley-oop before halftime, and that was the fourth for Nerlens on the game. So overall, you know, I thought first half they played pretty well. It was 60 to 51 at halftime. And then I feel like the roller coaster kind of started after that. I blew home to get sat down got my motherly duties taken care of your duties my duties (laughs) got them all taken care of and I got sat down just in time to get comfortable to see Orlando making a run like we were up by 15 and then here comes Orlando with all the threes yeah and I was kind of watching Nerlens anyways but he was definitely grabbing his ankle with like 11 minutes left in the third so it makes you wonder if Steven was in would Nerlens still have been out like I'm wondering how healthy he is and then there was that hard foul on SGA where he landed flat on his back so he did get up and shoot his free throws but he did land flat on his back And I'm like, we literally can't handle any more injuries, okay? Yeah, it's not a good time. We're maxed out. I read a really wild stat on Twitter that the Thunder had no offensive rebounds tonight, which was the first time in Oklahoma City history, which is, you can't say, not directly related to Steven Adams being the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. Yeah. and honestly. Whenever Clint Capella took him out, I was worried about Steven's back, his hip. It looked like that was where most of the contact was from. 
But honestly, watching it back, he does roll his ankle pretty good. So much so that, like, whenever he hit the ground, his arms were shaking. So I just, I think it's probably a bigger injury than what they're leading on. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's at least out a week. I would hope they would give him a week, but... Yeah, he needs to rest. I do want to give it up because I'm here for puns, but the Orlando Magic, they have their little Disney insignia. Like, we have the Loves patch, and they have the Disney patch. And I see what you did there, like, with Magic and Disney. Like... I can really get behind some whoever thought about that. That's good work. But then (laughs) Misty Skin messaged me and she was like, why is there a skid mark across the magic court? It's so distracting. And honestly, I hadn't even noticed it until she pointed it out. But it's like their overhead stuff just ran a glare all the way across the court. And it was really distracting. Oh, no, I did see that. I didn't think anything of it, but now that you're talking about it, I did see that on the floor. Yeah, me too. And then I I hadn't noticed, and then I was like, you know, she's right. There's like a big neon skin mark across the court, <laughs> and it is kind of distracting. I think I only saw one what-the-fuck-Dennis moments. I think no. there was only one. He it's was one. down in the corner, and he wasn't paying attention. And he threw the ball kind of back towards half court, and it got picked off. And I'm like, well, first of all, rule number one, never throw the ball backwards. And guess what? Now (laughs) you turn the ball over, and they scored. Silly goose. But he did have an overall really good night. That's just me nitpicking. But it was the only one I think I saw. He did. Mike Moose. When he... Right when, like, they, Orlando had been raining all those threes, and then Mike Moose finally got us an answer with a three at the end, and that was at the end of the third to put us ahead 92-89, and that was his fourth triple of the night. Yeah, and I think, I don't know what Gallo finished with, but I feel like he had a pretty decent night. I think the scoring was pretty balanced this game. I think. Dennis had the most with 31. Dennis had 31 points overall, nine assists and three rebounds. He was what they're calling him a second half Schroeder coming through with that mid-range jumper again. Shall we jump into the awards or do you have anything else? The final was 120-114 Oklahoma City. So they did get the win, but they gave up a lead multiple times. It was concerning. Uh, did you see Chris Paul get that steal I at the end? On I, that giant? Was, yeah. yeah. On the, <laughs> the announcer literally was like, it's six foot versus seven foot. Yeah. And yeah. Chris Paul was trying to make it pop so that we could win the game. <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll give out my Mr. Thunder award first. Briefly, so, I'm going to interrupt you. I'll go for it. Okay, you're I, like, okay, do you want to go? Do just you want to go first? And I it's me. Said it, I should have said it first, but no. I just figured it's been a little while since we went over the rules of the new <laughs> awards. And 
So we have two new awards in case you are just popping in with us. We have the Mr. Thunder Award for Nick Collison. And then we have the Big Perk Thinks You're a Cupcake Award for maybe a Thunder player or somebody on the opponent team who was kind of acting up a little bit. We alternate, go back and forth, and we can't choose the same person to get awards. So without any more interruptions, ma'am, who is your Mr. Thunder Award? I'm going to give it to Nerland. He did play 30 minutes. He was 7 of 10 from the field, 14.7 rebounds. And like I said, I really don't think he's 100% healthy. So I was just going to give him a little extra love. Like, I appreciate you, sir. Nerlens was definitely my first choice for the Mr. Thunder Award tonight. I wrote down six dunks playing hurt. Yeah. That's all you need to know. He was yeah. playing hurt, and he still made it look all right. Yeah. So he it my, out. Yes. <laughs> my Mr. Thunder Award, it's kind of stupid, but I live for it. When Chris Paul was shooting free throws towards the end of the game, he missed his first free throw, and Dennis gave him a little pat on the butt. And after <laughs> everything that's gone on the last couple of weeks – I feel like there you got to be, be cautious of the butt yeah. slap. Okay. <laughs> you, yeah. But I feel like it was a love tap and there wasn't any fouls called. <laughs> <laughs> no fouls. He just wanted to see what that CP booty do. Okay. He wanted to let him know it was okay, sir. <laughs> yeah. My cupcake award tonight goes to Dennis. Okay. <laughs> Even though he had a really good game overall, there was this part at the end where Terrence Ross for the Orlando Magic like literally could not miss, especially with the three-pointers. And Chris Paul got Terrence Ross to foul him, and he was playing such smart basketball trying to make opportunities to kind of take some of the pressure off. And then... Dennis turned around and fouled Ross yeah. right after Chris got Ross to foul him. And it was like the free throws canceled each other out. Like, what was the point? And so that was super frustrating for me to see. <laughs> Dennis, sir, <laughs> out here wasting Chris Paul's hard work. So I'm super reaching on my Perk Thinks You're a Cupcake Award. Overall, like, I feel like everything was pretty balanced, but they would get up, give up the lead, get up, give up the lead. So they did win. So I'm really nitpicking. But the Cupcake Award is going to go to Moose's helmet hair. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if he used a new product. Did he try to blow dry it today? I don't know, but it like curled under (laughs) and it's just a no for me. I did notice (laughs) Moose's hair. It was a little like, I know it had gotten sweaty. It looked like freaking Will Ferrell. I don't know. (laughs) It was like a wet helmet. (laughs) Yeah. Because he was sweaty. And I'm like, sir, you actually played very well. He was five of six from the field, four of four from three. 
14 points, very solid backup performance. But that hair, though, <laughs> you're going to get the cupcake award. Poor Moose. Do not come into Friday's game with that cut, okay? This is going to be, I'm going to regret saying this because it's going to be in podcast history. But do you think that Moose used some moose? Like a new moose? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Get out of here. You need to stop. I feel like he did, though. <laughs> moose with the moose. New Something. moose, moose. <laughs> the moose was loose. I don't know. No. Okay, shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That hair, though. I think that that's all we have as far as just thunder stuff. I mean, I feel like I might as well just get in and get the heartbreak over early. Okay. Let's talk about the Packers. So, it did <laughs> end up better than the first time they played the 49ers. But the first half of the Packers 49ers game was absolutely horrendous. They punted three times in a row, then they fumbled, then they had an interception, and then they punted again to end the first half. And then they tried to, like, play with my emotions in the second half, and they scored three touchdowns in a row, which super pissed me off (laughs) at the time. But, yeah, it just uh, started bad and got worse for a little bit, and then they tried to rebound, and then it was too late. That is one of those situations to me where you had said the week before, we have to come out strong, and if we don't, we're dead. Yeah. And so when they didn't come out tough, I was like, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, The 49ers scored first, and then I think on our next offensive drive, there was that big sack on Aaron Rodgers, and then they went and kicked a field goal, and when it was 10-0 to zero at, like, the end of the first, I was already, like, pretty amped up on, red, like, red alert. So when they played the second and then I think, what was it, 27-0 to zero at halftime, I think. That was hurtful <laughs> when it was there. They hadn't gotten on the board yet. And then, yeah. and then it was just, like, just let them get on the board. So it's yeah. not quite so <laughs> much of a disaster yeah it was super hurtful I mean I'm sure everybody knows the Spongebob meme where it's like night I'm gonna head out that was me at halftime so I did stick around for the second half but when I stuck around I just got to watch P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Way Sydney get an interception so that was kind of hurtful to end the game I told you this earlier. I feel really bad because I know how concerned you have been about Aaron's year and that he deserves a little bit more than how the year ended. But it was tough. Yeah. I mean, I've purposefully not looked at anything football-related since because I know the storyline is an aging Aaron Rodgers but I don't feel like that's what the storyline was for the year. The Packers ended up having more total yards. They had 358, and the 49ers had 354. So as far as yards, I mean, we were moving the ball. It just didn't translate. 
And also the Packers had 62 rushing yards and the 49ers had 285. So, yeah, they couldn't convert on any third downs. The whole thing was just a mess, it seemed. So, yeah, Packers are at home where they probably should be for that game. I felt like that maybe they were going to try to make a comeback. I was like, man, it would be the most epic of all epic fantasy fairy tales. The aging Aaron Rodgers makes ultimate comeback. But then when you told me that the Packers could eat a bug, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was did like, we're, that. we're done here. <laughs> and the then like, over. yeah, and then there was that moment when Aaron Rodgers passed Brett Favre for the most playoff touchdown passes. Brett Favre had 39 and Aaron Rodgers got 40, but it just left like a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know. I couldn't even properly enjoy that because my mood was so down after the first half. Yeah, it was frustrating for sure. Like they did not give the fans anything in the first half. To, like, be pumped up for the second. I don't know if Aaron was just really overwhelmed, if he was really frustrated. But, and to you, I guess to use an overused phrase, he didn't really seem locked in, like, even from the beginning. And I don't know if he was just already defeated. I I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, literally, we went out. And then we would punt, and then the offense would go back out, and we would punt. Like, there was no life anywhere. It was hard to see. I felt really bad for you. And then, like, I could not even get on Twitter because everybody had been talking about the win ugly Packers, and they're the most overrated 14-3 and team. And now I'm like, well, shit, guys. <laughs> like, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a good outing, you know? Even if, even if, like, you guys had been able to, like, make a stand, but, no, it just wasn't there. The final score isn't as awful as, like, what it was. The final was 37 to 20. So that made it appear as if the Packers had a little fight, but they just kind of rolled over. That's a rough Let's way talk to end about the, year. the Chiefies. So the first quarter, the Tennessee Titans came out and they scored first. They scored a field goal, and then Derrick Henry Henry had a four yard run to make it ten to zero. And I was like, "This is how it happens. This is how it starts." But then Tyreek Hill completed an eight yard pass from Patrick Mahomes to make it ten to seven. And in the second quarter, the Titans scored again, making it seventeen to seven. And then Tyreek Hill scored again. I guess I should have said that Tyreek Hill was going to get the hat trick because I don't think that Kelsey scored at all. But I guess it's okay. I mean, a dub is a dub is a dub, right? Right. We're going to take it. But I think you're correct. I don't know if he had any touchdowns. He had some yardage, like some receiving yardage, which set up a touchdown and assist, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But... Um, the big play was Tyreek Hill 
taking the pass from Patrick Mahomes, making it 17-14. And then with 11 seconds left in the second quarter, Patrick Mahomes went on a little 27-yard sprint to make it 21-17. And I think the Tennessee Titans thought that Patrick Mahomes was going to just run out. But instead, he just tippy-toed all the way down to a score. And it was really nice. Patrick Mahomes has 294 passing yards and three touchdowns. And we held Derrick Henry to seven rushing yards in the second half, which I think is spectacular work. And overall, it was a really good game. Yeah, I liked how on Twitter in the first half, after the Titans scored first, they were like, Titans to the Super Bowl. Oh, I was like, well, they were okay, like, this like, is let's it. See. Yeah. Because it was Derrick Henry, too. And so, yeah. So I was super glad that they went up right before half because then that kind of shut down Twitter for a little bit. But it was like after the first touchdown, everyone was like, Titans in. And I'm like, well. That's it. Game yeah. over. <laughs> to me, the best play of the game besides the little Mahomes touchdown, he was so precious, was in the fourth quarter when Sammy Watkins caught a 60-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes and made the score 35-17, and that just kind of solidified to me the win. The Titans did come back and get another touchdown, making it 35-24 final, and the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. Now, I do have to ask, because if you've even been on Twitter a little bit, you've seen Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend. Are you on board, or does it bother you? Oh, I like them. I'm not really here for any slander of the Mahomes relationship because they're really cute. And she's always been like that. She's just getting the uh, attention now because they're getting all the attention. But she's always been like that. So the part that I don't like is how everyone's like, well, wait until he dumps her. And I'm like, what if he's super into it? Like, literally leave him alone. I can look at that and be like, oh, that's a lot to handle. But I don't have to handle it. So I don't know um, why everyone's. That's her daddy. And he's yeah. going to go to the Super Bowl. If she wants to act up, she gets yeah. to. You're just mad because you don't have a girlfriend out here cheering you on like that. People were just, like, getting far more involved than they should. Which is like, hi, it's the internet. But it was getting wild. I'm like, don't be mad. Chiefies 49ers, 530 in Miami. Is it this Sunday? No. I haven't even looked. Like no, when it's I'm, the second. When I am saying I have not looked at anything football, I've literally just been scrolling past it because it gets hurtful in there. She means that she wants to say she's not going to watch the Super Bowl, but she's going to. I she think, doesn't like, know this yet either, but I thought about inviting her over to watch. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little cheapies get together. Andy yeah. Reid said he's going on a diet. I'm like, for what, sir? I know. When he did the how about them chiefs for the whole crowd, I was very blessed. I was yeah. also very blessed when Travis Kelsey had to get the mic taken away from him because <laughs> he was getting wild on daytime TV. I liked Travis's little post-game speech. It was a Travis love profession. Travis 
it was a profession of love for Patrick Mahomes, and I yeah. think it's really nice. Did you get the update about the robo-umps and spring no. training? No. Oh, my gosh, no. So they're going to start testing them out, and I really just don't know how I feel, I guess. We had kind of covered that before about how we felt like there was some good portions to it, but we felt like it took some of the human aspect out of it as far as, like, yeah, overall making calls, having to deal with that. I mean, what are they going to do? Have, like, on like bat if it works are they gonna do like basketball refs and football refs and have them like whizzing around i don't know <laughs> like I it's mean, just it's weird to me i know honestly. it's very far-fetched but yeah if you're gonna do it for baseball then i'm just picturing like the years 2040 <laughs> there's actual robots like cruising around calling the games and it just gets weird for me very quickly and I don't think I'm super into that do robots have feelings yes or no <laughs> it gets really yeah <laughs> yeah do they have uh ability to have team allegiances based on programming yeah so and I just feel like maybe I'm the old one from the Golden Girls. I'm like, picture this, 2040. But, like, it's just, it's weird to me. I don't know. It is weird. I'm not, like, a hard no. Like, we'll see how it goes. Do you think that um, the Astros are going to have to apologize to robots? Dang. I don't know. So, it started out a little bit weird for me because on Tuesday we got that update that a council had unanimously approved a resolution urging Major League Baseball to strip the World Series titles from the Astros in 2017 and the Red Sox in 2018. So that update immediately caught my interest, you know. But then, looking into it further, it was actually a Los Angeles City Council that proposed this. They are looking for all the attention they deserve. Yes, and they're like, well, obviously the Dodgers are going to be awarded those World Series. And that's when I was like, okay, so like, okay, (laughs) I see what you guys are doing here. I stand with CeCe, though, and I still feel like the Yankees would have kicked the crap out of the Dodgers in 2017. So I'm with CeCe. I mean, you can't just hand it to the Dodgers. And that's when I was like, okay, you guys out here playing. Fair enough. I feel like that you guys should. Can you, like, get all the. This only happens in the movies. But I'm going to need all <laughs> the players to come back. And I'm going to need the Yankees and the Dodgers to play, like, a winner-take-all 2017 pennant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, (laughs) okay, so what you're saying is a group of people from L.A. decided that the Dodgers should win, and I'm like, I'm not fully on board with that either. And then we got the update about Jim Crane, the Astros owner, saying that the players would publicly apologize for their involvement and roles in the sign-stealing scandal. So that's going to happen during spring training. We're waiting. 
we're waiting. I'm trying, like, whenever I first read that, I was like, good, you're going to tell me you cheated. Okay, you're going to look me in the eyes and you're going <laughs> to say you did it. But then the more I got to thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I know how this is going to play out. It's going to be a statement where, like, they're all yeah. standing there. And I'm like, nope, I feel like you should line everybody up and, that, like, one at a time, go around the room and tell me what you're sorry for. <laughs> yeah. Bang, bang, <laughs> it's you your sorry? turn. <laughs> yeah. And then I also read today that the MLB, they were like, no, we're not going to strip the World Series titles from them. And then they announced that any of the Astros players, um, they had all agreed on a deal that would give them immunity in exchange for honest testimonies. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that was the front office never told the players about the memo that went around in 2017. So they're saying the front office kind of kept things from them. And who knows if that's true or not, but... If it is true, I mean, I think that's fair. But the whole thing just sucks still. Yeah, it does. And it's all we're going to have to hear about all season long. Yeah. That's what I hate is that literally all season long, we're going to still be talking about the Astros. And there's going to be teams out here that are doing cool stuff. But... Just like I was complaining about earlier, Harden is going to get the attention and the Thunder don't. And I feel that way about baseball, too, this season. And maybe it'll be different. Maybe I don't know. But I just feel like I know the way that this is going to go. I'm going to have to hear about it all season long. Yeah. Now, I was pretty excited because they did the Hall of Fame stuff and Derek Jeter did get into the Hall of Fame. Um, but I'm also a little bit mad because I want to know the one MFR that didn't vote for him. Don't they release the that in two weeks? Like, don't I'm you get like, to find out? I need a name because 396 out of 397 people voted him in. If it would have been like five or six that didn't vote, okay, maybe you had a reason. One person, you're just being a turd. That's some petty petty behavior right there yeah so his percentage was 99.7 percent which I believe is the highest percentage for any position player Uh, Mariano Rivera was the first unanimous but he was a pitcher so he still gets that he's still in the hall of fame I think they said like one or two percent of players go to the hall of fame but I'm like I'm gonna need a name okay in Point smaller, three percent <laughs> point didn't three. vote for him. Okay, Aww. but it is really shitty. <laughs> when Even I saw Patrick that, Mahomes I was like, oh. "Said how is Derek Jeter not unanimous?" And I'm like, "Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patty." In smaller Hall of Fame news, there was a formal card former Cardinal who was inducted into the Hall of Fame, Larry Walker. So that's nice. I mean, I feel like he did get the win for the night because he had that SpongeBob shirt on (laughs) in his interview. (laughs) He was so cute. And then I saw all the jokes roll in because they had Jeter and him together and they're like polar opposites. So that was kind of funny. Completely opposite. Yeah, that was funny for them to be inducted together. 
I have a lot, like, I have a whole separate page of notes of nonsense that the Cardinals have been up to for the last couple of months, but I'm just still not ready to get into that. That's fair. Some things have happened. Yeah, so... We'll get to that when we get to that, when they're still talking about the Astros. When we're still waiting on our apology. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm trying to go to the Bronx to get my own apology, okay? I don't know why (laughs) I've decided I need to be at that game when the Astros are in town. I just feel it, okay? I'm trying to make it happen. The update comes in. It's like, except our phones are on silent because we have to work and it says that Eli Manning announces his retirement how do you feel (laughs) ma'am I mean I guess I'd rather it end this way because I thought it was hurtful whenever they started playing Daniel Jones over him this season the replacement was pretty harsh. I'm not saying it wasn't needed or justified or whatever, but it was harsh to watch. So I'd probably rather it end this way Instead than the of alternative. Like postseason Eli. Yeah. When times get tough again. Yeah. <laughs> Eli. Maybe I'll like him more when he's done playing football too. I because think that- I like Peyton's commercials, okay? That's quality. Peyton exponentially more. And it may have something to do with all the all the Kevin Durant shade at (laughs) the um what do they call them? The I mean it's the awards, but they've got a name. The SBs. The best award show ever. It's the only award show that I watch. <laughs> Except for our awards. Well, yeah. I'm kind of partial to those. But I think that puts us into regularly scheduled awards. Instead of having, like, a Tim Tebow, you know how Sports Center has, like, the top ten and the not mm-hmm. top ten? I have a not <laughs> Tim Tebow because <laughs> yes. I'm not excited about it at all. I have a weird pinky power play. It's like I a mean, pinky power decision. My pinky power play is different because it's not a play. It was more of a good choice that was made. If you have not seen the footage, there was a large brawl, as they say, in the Kansas versus Kansas State basketball game. The K-State player drove to the basket. A Kansas player blocked the shot and then stood over him. and. Benches cleared, shots fired, punches thrown. Like, it got wild. There are so many people involved, and they're having to piece together if people are going to be suspended indefinitely. But my pinky power decision goes to the kid, and I could I could have looked up his name, but if you watch the video, you'll know. Who decided, is it number 20? Is it the, the kid who decided to put the chair down? Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) He, if you look over to closer to the basket, you will see a large player pick up a chair. (laughs) 
like yeah. he's going to throw it via WWE wrestling. I and then like he puts it down. And that was yeah. a really good pinky power choice, sir. Yeah, I feel like somebody said something to him, though, because you can see him kind of, like, look in a different direction. And then he's like, oh, and then he puts the chair down. And I'm like, you know what? Good move. That was a good choice, sir. Good life choice, yeah. You get my award for not swinging that chair around. So my pinky power play is also kind of a pinky power decision, I suppose. So on Sunday... The Bruins played the Penguins in Pittsburgh, and goalie Matt Murray let two in early, and the fans booed him. And I have a statement from Evgeny Malkin that, I don't know, it just really showed a lot of, I guess, initiative to me, because I always kind of joke around on how he always acts like he doesn't know English, and I'm like, bitch, I know you know English. So on this occasion, he actually sought out the reporters to talk to them. So that's already a big move on his end. And English is his second language, but he said, as far as Matt Murray being booed, it was stupid. I'm not understanding our fans. He won us two cups. You boo him? Why? If you come to the arena, support our team. I don't like that. We hear that in Philly, not in Pittsburgh. And I just feel like he super had Matt Murray's back. I've never seen him come across quite as bold. And I liked it. I saw them talking about it on SportsCenter, actually, because it caught their attention to you. And they made a point to say, this is somebody who kind of plays with reporters that he doesn't know how to speak English. But I feel like when the time came for him to stand up and say, you guys were acting up, he did a really good job. I do too. And it really caught me off guard, I guess, because he's not one to speak out. You know, the interviews are short, kind of far in between. So for him to do that I feel like it was a really big deal and they were talking about it on Tuesday whenever the Penguins played the Flyers which I'm not super going to talk about because the Penguins lost in a shutout but (laughs) (laughs) but the announcer was Ben Lovejoy and he used to play for the Penguins and he's the one that said that Gino went to the reporters and he knows that Gino doesn't give interviews you know they they're teammates so I just thought that was really nice, and I liked that he had Matt Murray's back, even though he hasn't played great this year. I mean, I'm on board. Let's not let's not boo our own team, okay? Yeah, that's rough. That happens in Philly, okay? That was also a Pinky Plower statement. Yeah. We don't act like that. But then we got shut out by Philly, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. Well, you know, it wouldn't yeah. be babes in ball land if we weren't walking <laughs> something back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My pinky, no, I already did that. <laughs> My Yes Queen <laughs> award goes to Patty P. Mahomes. He is the first quarterback to go to the Super Bowl from the Big 12. Oh, that's neat. And somebody's got to take care of the Big 12 out here. Yeah, 
I didn't if, think it would be Patty Mahomes, but fine. <laughs> oh, I never knew. I will never forget we were at a concert when we all got the update that Patrick Mahomes was going to be the quarterback for the Chiefs, and we were all like, what? I was like, that's a terrible decision. Even and now look. though he's from Texas Tech, yeah, somebody's got to take care of the Big 12. So, good job, Patty. So, my yes queen leads into my oh honey award again this week. So, whenever the Thunder played the Rockets, Russell Westbrook got a triple-double, which made him join LeBron as the only players with a triple-double against all 30 teams. And he had 28 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. The Rockets game was kind of hard for me to watch, one, because Russ was in all that red. And I'm trying to think of the Twitter account. I think it's at the Westbrook era kept tweeting free Russ and it just really hurt me for him to like have this huge night while the Rockets are kind of falling apart and there was even one point in the game it was super early where Russ had six points on three of five shooting I didn't write down what his shooting night was for the rest of the night but I know he was very effective um, he was three for five with six points, and the rest of the Rockets had four points on two for 11 shooting. So that was super sad for me to watch, but I was glad that he finally got a triple-double against Oklahoma City so he could hit that milestone. So I was kind of kind of back and forth that whole game, but I am going to give him my yes queen, which means that James Harden is getting my oh honey. And when Westbrook went to the Rockets, I just thought it was a match made in heaven. I'm kind of starting to see why people said it wasn't going to work. And that does make me super sad. Harden looked very selfish. It wasn't a good look. He was 9 for 29 on shooting, 1 for 17 from threes. He continually jacked up threes that were contested. It wasn't, like I said, a good look. He was visibly upset by the defense and he was throwing his arms up. And post game, his coach was asked how you kind of deal with hardened shooting um, that many tough contested threes when he's struggling to make them. And the coach was quoted saying, You can tell him not to do it, but we've won a lot of games that way. That's his game, and you kind of have to live and die with what you've got. And I just don't feel like that statement was very reassuring either. I feel like maybe the proper answer for a coach is he had a really off night, but he normally makes those for us. So even that had a weird vibe to it. So, yes, the Thunder did come back and get the win. But from a Rockets point of view, that game just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And it kind of hurt me for us a little bit. I've never like despised the Rockets I never considered it to be a rivalry since Patrick Beverly left but it's starting to ease in that way and I don't like that because I don't want a team that Russ is on to be a nasty rivalry situation but the tension was high it really was 
And then it's like the Rockets did not play well. And then you have the Thunder and Chris Paul had a great second quarter. They're having fun after the game. And they were just polar opposite vibes. And I blame James Harden for those vibes. I don't know if that's fair. But that's what I kind of settled on after the game. I just felt like James looked like a big old turd out there. <laughs> um, Not so much until the fourth quarter. Yeah. But then I was like, what is he doing? I know. I know. I guess this coach felt the same way. My Oh Honey Award. I could probably talk about this for 20 minutes, but we're not going to do that because nobody, probably nobody really cares as much as I do. But when Jalen Hurts debuted his double helmet for the Senior Bowl, the half OU, half Alabama, honey, I'm not here for it. No. That's not cute. I don't like it. And I feel like I'm glad all. that he seemed content with it. Like, good for you. But I'm kind of glad you guys have a fresh new baby that we can watch. Spencer instead. Rattler. Yeah. Spencer Rattler. I don't know. I'm going to have to get behind saying that name all next year. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like Forrest Gump about that helmet, and that's all I have to say about that. Onwards and upwards. My not Tim Tebow award. You know what? So we recorded this episode a little bit differently, and the football stuff was recorded before what I am saying now. And I've honestly just sat here, and I've thought about that Packers game. Oh, no. And... Yeah, I mean, they super let me down. They didn't try very hard, and that's the honest truth. They did not deserve to go to the Super Bowl. And today, Wednesday, Matt LaFleur gave his end-of-season press conference, and he was talking about the lack of urgency. And I just feel like, if the following quote is what your coach has to say about your performance, then I don't really even know what we're doing. He was quoted saying, you have an opportunity to go play in the Super Bowl, and for that to happen, it's extremely, and then he sat there for a long time, and he said, it's bothersome, and it is bothersome. That wasn't a good game, and I just feel like if that's what your coach has to say after the game, then I don't even know why we're playing. And I wish I could say that I wasn't mad at Aaron Rodgers, but I am because there was no emotion. And I know he probably didn't have a lot of help, but he also fumbled three times. And luckily, the Packers recovered two of them, but it wasn't the best showing from him either. And I guess I am just... I am not Tim Tebow. I'm not excited about You have been thinking about this all yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was really quiet at work today, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with Jesse? And I was just over there, like, stewing about the Packers. I'm like, it's personal, guys. Don't worry about it. This isn't about you. No. So, yeah, whenever I heard Matt LaFleur say that, I'm like, well, 
that pretty much sums it up. I've got something that I'm really excited about, actually, and I'm excited to tell you guys because it's the Tim Tebow I'm Excited Award, and I'm very excited for, I can't even, like, fake my voice. Like, nobody's even going to believe that I'm excited about this, but I was going to try to say that I was excited to watch Zion's debut, but my voice was so fake, I can't even say it. You did go, like, fake receptionist mode. Like, I could I hear like, the switch. This is my customer service voice, and I'm very <laughs> excited because how to watch Zion's debut. But you I You know couldn't. what I'm going to do? I'm going to fall asleep instead of watch because I'm not very interested. I couldn't even fake it. I was going to try to be cute and be like, just kidding. But Just like, kidding. Never, just forget it. But I do have an exci- a real excited award. <laughs> Despite my disappointment in the St. Louis Cardinals Bird Turds winter performance, I am really excited about spring training. February 22nd is just like a shake away. And I am really excited for baseball to fire up. That's my birthday week. I know. (laughs) All good things. Pisces season. It's real emotional in here, okay? (laughs) About Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and like, the more I sat there, I was like, no, fuck you guys, okay? You did not play well. Yeah, Yeah. it was was tough to see. And I was like, no, like, it's okay. No, it's not okay, and today I'm mad. We're going through the stages of grief. I feel like we've been here before on the pod. And <laughs> yeah. today, Jesse is uh, dealing with anger. It's a very <laughs> natural stage. <laughs> I am I mean, here we go again. I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm yes, going to watch are. it, but, like, I'm totally crushed. I deserved better than that, okay? At the... End of our podcast, we always try to wrap up with some awards, but uh, it's been a little while since we kind of talked about the pod and what we're doing with it and how excited we are to be to keep doing it and to start trying to bring you two episodes a week. Like Jesse said, we recorded a little differently this week, so we're going to ex- do some experimenting with editing to try to get two episodes a week. That way we can stay more on top of Thunder Games because it was so much funner to record the Thunder Game after watching it, I think, even though I missed the first half. Like, I still really enjoyed recording it directly after instead of waiting a few days. And we have lots of fun on Twitter at Jesse Posts here and at Mrs. Backus. And you can find Babes and Balland on Twitter and Instagram. We're trying to be more active on the gram, but Twitter is just more fun for sports. And it's been a while since we shouted out our theme music guy, Stravs, from the band Catastro. And they actually have their own podcast out called Camp, which is really cool. It's lots of fun. Camp with a K. And if you ever need any beats or custom beats made or just interested in new music, check out Andrew Stravers and his band Catastro. 